Thanks for being with us. Coming up in this half hour, we're going to talk more about the $5 million announced earlier today in mental health support. But first, when you think about social isolation, people in quarantine, there are a lot of scenarios where people are in pretty close spaces and will be staying in those close spaces if they are following the rules for some time to come. We've been hearing about parks closing for fear of people gathering in groups and spreading the virus. And more and more people are being told to stay at home and uh, go out a little bit perhaps, but to stay in your neighborhood and to stay at home as much as you can. Well, that can lead to conflicts. And there is a new service that has been launched. It is a quarantine conflict resolution service to help people in those situations. And joining me on the line to talk a bit more about this is Sharon Sutherland, a director of strategic innovation at Mediate BC. Sharon, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. What exactly is this service? Uh, it's an opportunity for people who are having exactly the kinds of conflicts you're talking about, things that are being um, in- increased conflict, where people are too close together, having just too much stress. That could be roommates, that could be family members, it could be neighbours. There's so many different ways in which people are going to be running into different kinds of conflict, and they could benefit from having somebody help them have a conversation, a facilitated conversation about how to move forward and how to avoid the conflict. So we have a group of about 35 mediators at uh, Mediate BC who have all raised their hand to offer some low-cost or even free services, depending on people's um, income rates, um, to help them with those conflicts. And so it doesn't have to be something huge. It can be a family dispute or something that, that under normal circumstances we might think was pretty minor and we would deal with. Absolutely. Um, The kinds of things we're hearing about are things like um, co-parenting plans, for instance, where uh, where people might be living in different locations and are trying to figure out what does that look like? How do we co-parent under this kind of isolation rules and what does that look like? Um, But it can also be roommates. Uh, might not know each other terribly well. One has a job that takes them out into the healthcare world, and the other has some um, immunosuppressed disorder and is concerned about, wait a second, I have to share kitchen space with this person, and they're having difficulty conversing about those kinds of things. Uh, so really, it could be anything. could be just noise. I'm picturing situations where neighbors are sharing a wall and somebody's having to work from home for the first time while a family next door has kids that they're trying to homeschool at the same time. The noise is going to be different than it ever has been before, and people want to retain relationships but have difficult conversations. So that's what the, that's what the service has been designed to support. Uh, so how does somebody access the service? There's an online intake form at the Mediate BC site, um, mediatebc.com, and uh, simply click through that and indicate what the issues are. Um, fairly simple intake form. We'd love it if people would have already talked to the person that they have the conflict with because mediation is voluntary and both people are going to have to agree to participate in the service. But having done that, are, they'll be contacted by somebody at Mediate BC who will walk them through the rest of the intake process. And does it cost anything? It depends on income. We're doing a sliding scale um, fee, and the reason we're doing that is recognizing that one of the groups of people who are self-employed and also losing income during this time are mediators on our roster. So these mediators have put up their hand to work for low fees, Um, on a sliding scale, but we're also super conscious of the fact that some people have lost income altogether and they simply need to um, 
communicate with the service that that's the case, and we are offering free services for those people as well. And how is the service actually administered, given this time of distancing and people not going into other people's spaces? Great question. It is a distance mediation, and that's that's what it's being referred to as. Um, Initial calls will be by phone, but uh, we're doing a lot of Zoom mediation. We're looking at um, other ways that we can participate online with people. Um, So the mediators will talk to whoever it is who's involved in the conflict and figure out what the best service is for them to do it in some distance way. So we won't be coming into the house or bringing people together. And is it binding or what, what happens if one party does it, it says, OK, thanks for the advice, but I don't feel like following that? It's not going to be a matter of advice. It's going to be a matter of the mediator trying to facilitate a discussion where people come up with their own plan and help them to write up their plan into a contract. Um, What that looks like will be different depending on the circumstances, but generally speaking, what we find with mediation is if you put down a plan that you've actually both agreed to, you're both way more likely to stick with it. Could you take it to court? Sure, in some circumstances. But more realistically, this is about just getting some clarity between people about what it is that they agree to and what to do if something goes wrong with the agreement along the way. Right. And, and the mediators, then, are these mediators that were already employed and they're, and they're doing this? Or is it mediators or people who are new to, the, to mediation and get to get some more practice? Or where are they coming from? The uh, All referrals will be going to mediators who are already on our rosters. So they've already qualified as mediators on the rosters. They all have experience. We have some mediators also who are associates, so they're fully trained mediators. They won't receive a referral directly, but they may participate as a co-mediator because one of the things that really happens with the distance mediation is the need to have actually a second person who's, we sometimes call them the tech friend, but somebody who is facilitating the tech to make sure that everything stays online. So there may be situations with co-mediators to support. Um, One of those mediators might be less experienced. And are there any issues then that are more more serious or deemed too serious that wouldn't be a good fit for this? We definitely will be checking um, about questions of possible violence or concerns around that. That would be the kind of issue that might come up. It would be very typical in the family mediation context in any event to be doing some screening for violence, um, any kind. And, and in this kind of situation where people are locked down together, that's a necessary thing that we need to be talking about with any kind of group is, are there any kind of risk factors? So that discussion will happen privately with each of the parties before a mediation is taken on. And if there's any reason to be concerned, we'll have a conversation with the parties about whether that is something we can continue with or not. All right. And again, where can people go if they uh, are perhaps in a situation where they think this would be a good idea, they could benefit from this? Where can they uh, find out more? MediateBC.com. And uh, they should be able to click right into the quarantine conflict resolution service from the front page.